0: Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of his love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. Um, What we're doing right now, we're going through 1 Corinthians And we are at chapter seven. We talked on chapter seven last week on marriage and on relationship when it comes to uh, divorce, remarriage. And we tried to cover a bit of ground when it comes to that. And um, this morning, we wanna talk about following God's ways. uh, Believing that God is a speaking God and believing that God wants to lead us. When you look in the Bible, you see there's a lot of truths and principles. Like generosity is one of them. But another, principles, another principle that you find in God's word is that God has always led his people. Always. Started with Abraham when he left Ur. Not because he wanted to change country. It was because he was led by God. And then you look at Moses through the wilderness where there's a pillar of fire, a cloud of glory that led them. You look at the prophets, how much God, through the prophets, how much God wanted to lead his people, how much God wanted to be with his people. You look at Jesus when he walked on the earth, he did what he saw his father do. He was led by the will of the father. Amen. When we look at the upper room where the disciples were asked to go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, and they were waiting for 10 days for the promise of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came like a rushing wind, fire like tongues of fire on their head, and they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke in other tongues, and they became witnesses in Judea, and Ju- Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all over the world. And then you look at the Apostle Paul that responded to the call of God, at one point he wanted wanted to go to minor Asia, and the Holy Spirit told them, hey, I want you to go to Macedonia. He had a dream where he saw this Macedonian guy, said, we need help, and God led them to go to Macedonia. And so when we look at scripture, we see one truth, well, there's, like I said, there's different principles, but we find, we definitely find this principle that God is a God that speaks, and God is a God that leads, and it's important for us to realize that, that God wants to lead me, God wants to lead you. And sometimes we think that God only leads superstars. Oh, yeah, he led Abraham, he led Moses, but he's not going to lead me. And sometimes we think that we're not good enough for God to speak to us or to lead us, and we under we, we underscore ourselves thinking that, oh, yeah, it's for others and not for me. But one of the blessings that we have by being his kid is that we are able to hear his voice and he's able to lead us. And I think that is pivotal when it comes to our lives. We, we need to know that. We need to believe that God wants to lead me. I need to believe that God has a path for me. I need to believe that God has things in store for me. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that God has prepared good works in advance for me to practice. Amen? So God has, has a plan for me. You might be a young adult or teenager and you say you're not too sure what's ahead. God has a plan for you. God has mapped a path for you. And what you're called to do is first to understand that and, and to grasp that, and to say, God, what are you up to, and what do you want to do in my life? And maybe you're here today, and you've worked hard all your life, and you're retired, or semi-retired, and you say, okay, what's my next part in life? Well, how you want to deal with the next part in life, it's to hear and listen, and to do what he wants you to do, because God has a plan. And God wants to lead you. And sometimes what happens is that we get discouraged. We have a problem in waiting. We have a problem of following him. And we run ahead. And then we do our own stuff. And this is where I think that we blow things up when we do that. So if, we, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he's saying, Guys, just don't run ahead. Realize that there's a plan for you. And he says in verse 17, Nevertheless, each one, so that means it's not just for a selected few, each one, so we're part of the each one, hmm, should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned. So what he's saying to them, to you, to me, don't run ahead of God. God has assigned a plan for you to walk in. And it says here, to him and to which God has called them. I need to realize that God has called me and he's got a calling on my life. And this is a rule I lay down in all the churches. You look at that verse, each one should retain the place in life that God has assigned. And, 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 and to believe God is calling us to, to bloom where God has planted us, what happened is that People that were single thought, okay, we gotta get married now. And people that were married said, maybe we should be single, maybe I should get divorced. And Paul says, Whoa, whoa buck. Eh? My dad used to say, when you go, when you go rabbit hunting, the way that you stop a rabbit from running, you say stop, and it stops. Just because he's curious, not because, he's, because he understands English. <laughs> but because you told him to stop, he stops on the trail. And he looks around, and this is where you can make him your prey. But, but I think it's the same thing. Not the same thing, but the thought is, is that God wants us to stop and not running ahead and do our own things and because God has a plan and God speaks. And so it's important for us that God has assigned a path for me and has called me. God has assigned a plan for me and has called me. If I can get that just get rooted in my heart, it would, it would change the way I see life. It would change the way I make my decisions. It, would really, it really does. If I would see that God has a plan for me, it doesn't matter where you are on this spectrum of life. If you're a teenager or a middle age or uh, in your like, 40s or whatever age you have, you want to discern the will that God has for you and you want to hear his voice. This is why we have a course on hearing God because I think it's so so huge. So number one is I'm purposely made. God made me with purpose and he wants to lead me. And he need to know that. I need to know that God has a plan for me. And he wants to lead me in this plan. He doesn't just have a plan. And he says, figure it out. He wants to lead me in this plan. And so I want to be open to that. And I want to step in what God has in store. Look what it said in Psalm 25 verse 4. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in the truth and teach me for you are God of my, salvation, my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. So he's hoping in the Lord all day long and he wants God to show him the ways and his ways and he wants to be taught and he wants to be guided and I think that's the disposition of our hearts. That's, what, that's, what, that's how we should be. God, teach me your ways. God, guide my step. God, I want to do your will. That's how we're called to live. And we're called to listen to the voice of God when it comes to his will, right? And, and it's an important factor. I remember when I started in ministry, when I went through a crisis, I always thought it was my time was done and I had to change church. <laughs> so you go through a crisis, you're there for two, three years, you hit a knot in the string, you know, on the card, you hit a knot, and you say, oh, I guess my time is done, I think it's time to go. Good thing my wife was there just to hold back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not because you have an issue in your situation that's called to move on. You gotta discern what God is. I remember talking with this senior pastor and an older pastor, and he was he was telling me once, he was saying, Claude, how many strings that you want to have on your harp? Do you want to be a harp with one string? Or do you want to grow? Well, I am like who would say you want to be a harp with one string? Ding, ding, ding. No, no, I don't want to be a harp with one string. I want to have all the the strings, right? So, Claude, maybe God wants you to go through it. Maybe you're called to wait upon the Lord. Maybe you're called to grow in the situation that that God has planted you. And then the second question was, did God call you to that? Mm -hmm. yeah. Did he? Was it clear when he called you? Ah, uh-huh. So is it clear for you to go now? Is it as clear? No. But why are you thinking about going? Like that was his response. And I grew there because I realized that God leads. And sometimes what happens because of circumstances, we, th- we, we come to conclusions that our time are, is done or whatever it might be where we are in life, when it comes to even our relationships or when it comes to our business or our job, life in general. We think because of crisis and all this, our time is done. But maybe we're called to persevere and go through them. I like what it said in Psalm 32, verse 8. Look what it says. God is saying, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Yes, Lord. Can you see it in your neighbor? Yes, Lord. Yeah, do it, Lord yeah instruct me teach me in the way you should go because there's a way I should go you see there's a way I should go it's not just random it's not do whatever there's a way I should go so I want to be instructed I want to be taught so I can do his will because there's a will for me there's a plan for me so I want to step in what he has in store. so I say God instruct me and teach me your ways I will counsel you and watch over you pretty good eh i will counsel you i'm going to sow wisdom into your life and i will watch over you uh, verse 9 is kind of funny do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by a bit or brittle, or they will not come to you like in other words he says don't be stupid like like i remember having a dog sometimes he seemed to be so smart and sometimes he was so dumb, it was unreal. You know how I would get him in the house when he was outside? I would, I would, press, I would press the doorbell. Like, no, I'll, I'll rephrase this. One of the things I would do is that I would, I would press the doorbell, he was outside, and he would come in to, to yap at the window for the person that was outside, but all the time he was outside. Pretty smart, right? So, you don't want to be like a mule or like a horse that doesn't know what's happening. Like just going, ah, 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 that's life. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Usually I do that at a third service, not the second one. <laughs> like, you don't want to be like that. And that's the thought here. God is saying, I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to speak to you. You're not called just to go anywhere and do whatever. I will guide your steps. It's so amazing if you're young here and you say, what's up in my life? Well, God will lead you if you give him a chance to lead. If you have a business and you don't know what to do, God has a plan for you when it comes to your marriage. Whatever situation, God has a word in season and God has a way that he wants you to walk in because that's the way it is. And so we want to be open to his leading. Amen? We want to see that. Secondly, I'm not called to run ahead of God. I'm called to trust in him. Look what it says in verse. Chapter 7, verse 20 of 1 Corinthians. Each one should remain in the situation which he was in when God called them. Even before they were Christian, God was still working in the back scene. And he was saying, You know, you're still in God's will here. Continue where you are. He's talking to the slave in verse 21. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you can gain your freedom, do so. Like what he's saying to the people that are slaves, just let God lead you. Don't run ahead of God. Don't take matter into your hands. Even though the, the thought is, yeah, if you can have your freedom, take it. But realize, just let God lead you. And that's the struggle that we find in the Corinthian church. And I believe it goes through time. We have a problem to see God lead us because we're too in a hurry to do our things. We have needs, we want to meet our needs. We we, we have a dream, we want to fulfill that dream. We We have hopes or expectations that are ours, and we run into that instead of saying, God, what are you saying? What do you wanna do? And I believe that God wants to instruct us in this way. He wanna to speak to us in this way. Look what it says in 2 John chapter nine, verse nine. There's only one chapter, verse nine, it says, anyone who runs ahead and do not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. What he's saying here is what can happen is that you're running ahead of God for God, you're running ahead of God instead of having God provide to your needs, and, and you forsake your values. It's like someone that is desperate to get married, and he's saying, well, ha, I'm afraid I'm not going to have someone, and lowers the standards and get married to someone that doesn't have the same standards. And they get married, and later on what happens is that they go through troubles because they don't value the same thing in life. So what So what John is saying here, don't run ahead of God. And you don't want ahead of God by by sacrificing or or, uh, mortgaging your values. It's the same thing when it comes to life, when it comes to relationship or your business and all that. Sometimes you want to cut the corners. Don't. Do it God's way. Don't walk away from the principles that you find in God's word. So like just... Read it again with, with having these eyes. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Meaning that you're doing things on your own. God is not in the picture. And so we want to have God in the picture so we want to do life according to his ways, right? So I need to believe that God has me. Can you tell your neighbor that, and say, God has me? And you can, can you tell also your neighbor that God has them? Yeah, God has you. He has me. He has my family. He has my marriage. He has me. I just gotta trust in him and respond to his call. God, what are you up to? What do you want to do? God is never caught. God is never saying, oh, he's not scratching his head. Never scratches his head. He has a plan. God knows your singleness. God knows your marriage. God knows your finances. God knows the challenges that you have at work. He's totally aware of it, and he wants to lead you. He wants to lead you because he's a God that leads, right? I like what it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 7. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Like for some of us, it's easier easier count than others. So say, look what he says. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than the whole flock of sparrows. Don't be afraid. I've got you. You know, you're, there's sickness in the house, whatever it is. God's got you. You've got kids that are rebellious. that Don't trust God. Ask God for his ways. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God to, to speak and lead instead of doing it on your own. And let anxiety... Take a whole of your life. How many of you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we all live it at some level. So we got to trust in God's ways that God speaks and God has a plan for us. So we don't want to run ahead of God. Number three is that we don't want to fall in the trap of discontentment or are never happy. Oh, my toes are too long. Ah, oh, if my legs were not... As long, or if my arms were shorter, I don't know. Ah, oh, you know, I hate winter. Oh, so cold. Spring. Ah, oh, so wet. Oh, summer. So hot. Right. Fall is so windy. Ah, oh, like. I really believe that when you live in discontentment, you're missing out. First of all, on what you already have. But you're not placing yourself in a place for God to bless you. Because you know what you're saying? Is what God has given you is not good enough. So why would he entrust you with more? I I think it's so dangerous for us to to fall in discontentment. And to feed that. And you know when there's discontentment there's no joy. You cannot be joyful if you're never happy and never content. Content. So there's a need for us to be content with what God has in store. And I believe it places us in a place of blessing when you do this, right? When we start to, to question uh, our marriage. Oh, maybe I should have well, I should I never broke up with my high school sweetheart. And, and you entertain stupid thoughts in your head. And you live discontentment in your marriage, workplace. You go to work. Ah, oh, you have your expectations are so high. And you're mad. Ah, oh, That's not fun. I like to see when it's not fun, it's not fun, right? And so you got to embrace what God has given you and and, and realize that God will lead you because sometimes we want our circumstances to change, but sometimes God wants to change our hearts instead. Like changing jobs all the time. Oh, this job and change, 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 change. Or you change job, oh, I'm changing job. There's too many unbelievers where I work. Oh, maybe God has called you to share your faith. Like always always reason to move, always reason to jump ship, always, always reason. And when we do this, we miss out on what God has in store. Yeah, God, it's okay to change. Yeah, it's okay to to experience uh, newness. But at the same time, what Paul is saying in his text, stop before you run ahead of God. Stop before you just do whatever you want to do. Maybe God is calling you to shine where you are. Maybe God wants you to, to persevere in the situation that you have. And I think it's so important because when, we, when, when, we, when we're not open to his leading, then we, we do whatever we want. So what we want to be as Christians, we want to listen to his voice. We want to obey uh, to his calling and, and respond in that calling. And it won't look the same between me and you. And we're not called to carbon copy, we're called to respond to what God is calling us to do, and be, I think it's so important, right? I believe that we are part of this huge mosaic, where me and you are called to bloom where God has planted us, and then I'm responding to God's call, you're responding to God's call, and it's such a beautiful mosaic. I remember when I was younger, I, I like I, it's, it was always big, I always want big, big, big. And I remember for 18 years of my life, I pastored in a small community, small church, and God was saying, be faithful to what God has placed you. Bloom where you are. I remember Sunday evenings, I would start services late because I didn't know if anybody would show up. And then my parents showed up, <laughs> faithful parents, you know? So I preached to my parents. And and, and I'm saying, God, what am I doing here? Be faithful. Be faithful to what I've called you. God, do you want me here? I've learned that principle. Yeah, I, I will get planted here. I will grow. And there's a making in you and there's a transformation that happens in you. And I think it's so important I, I, I thank God for that pastor that told me, hey, add some strings to your arp. Don't quit. Realize that you're part of God's mosaic. Be faithful to what God has in store and do what you're called to do. I like what it says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was app- appointed as a prophet to the nations. That's his calling. But when I look at that verse, I believe that God formed me in my mother's womb. And he knew me. And before I was born, I was set apart. Same as you. you got to believe that. I was saying I was not going to yell because of my voice. And I just did, I did that. I was able to hold back. But I need to believe that. You are called by God. You are called by God. I don't know how that looks but I know that you're called by God and, and God will unfold his plans and, and God will unfold his heart and his thoughts for you if you let him, if you give him room, if you are open to it, right? So, so you see Jeremiah was set apart, appointed by God and was saying, well, God, you're doing the same thing for me and you. I really want you to get this. One of the themes that we preach here is that we were called, we were made with purpose and significance. We preach all the time on Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, God God has prepared good works in advance for us to practice. I really believe that. I really believe that for you. And I, I, I gave my example, like I, I, I have no quality to be a lead pastor. The only thing I had was availability. The only thing I had is, God, here I am. And and that's what God is looking. God is looking for availability where you are right now. Say, God, use me. And he will use you. He will speak to you. He will download his thought, his heart for people around you and for his kingdom. He will because that's what he does. And that's what we're called to do because we're connected to the vine. And through the vine, he brings life to the branches. I think it's so cool when we take a hold of that, when we let that take a hold of us. In chapter 7, it talks about marriage, it talks about celibacy, and Paul talks about the people that are single, he's saying to them, hey, if you're single, you can stay single if that's a call that you have on your life. The ultimate goal in life is not marriage, but it's to do the will of God. You say, okay, what a jump here. Like, okay, Claude, where are you at? You're talking about doing God's will now. What Paul is saying here is that God has a call upon our lives. And I cannot miss on that topic in that chapter because he's saying that some are called to be married and some are called to be single. But what we have done in the church, we have made marriage the ultimate goal in life. It's not. It's not. The ultimate goal in life is to do his will. And that can happen through marriage, but also through celibacy. You don't have to get married at 21. <laughs> if you get married at 21, I got married at 21. Great, praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But you don't have to be pressured by the culture that says that you're not complete if you don't get married. What you're called to do is to do the will of the Father. That's what really, really matters. And, and and if it's by being married, praise the Lord, but it's by being single, praise the Lord. And what we do for those that are not married, we become matchmakers. It's fun, right? The older they get, the, the more we put pressure on them. Ah, you got this person. Realize that God has a calling for celibacy and it's part of, this epistle. And and Paul says in chapter 7, verse 7, I wish that all men were as I am. And he was single. But each man has his own gift from God. One has his gift, another has that. Well, Paul was saying that he preferred to be single because of the time he was living in and because of being more effective for God because he's going to explain it in a few verses below. Look what it says in the message version. It says, Sometimes I wish everyone was single like me. A simple life is in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives a gift of single life to some, the gift of marriage life, married life to another. So, so it's important for us to discern God's will. What God, what are you calling me when it comes to that topic? Because it's not the ultimate goal in life. It's not marriage. The ultimate goal is to, it's to do the will of the Father. I, I, I just got this thought of uh, uh, Irene Ashley She used to come and minister to our churches in Northern Ontario many, many moons ago. She was a lady that was blind, and she served 25 years in India. But she tells me the story about her dating this young pastor from from, uh, Saskatchewan, and they were engaged. And since she was a girl, she dreamt to go to India and then as they were talking and, and dating and courting, he, was, he didn't have a heart to go to India. He wanted to be a, a pastor in the prairies. And, and she went home and she says, God, what do I do? And God said, I called you to go to India. So she broke her relationship with that, that young man. And she became a single missionary woman in India. And she was there for 25 years. And, and she served God with all her heart. And she came to her church. And she was blind. And she would preach. She would pray over people. She was like, it was like she was reading people's mail. And she didn't have a clue who, how they looked. It was just amazing to see. But there was an anointing on her. Because she did what God wanted her to do. And I know that she has passed on right now. And I know that she was greeted in heaven. And I know she her good and faithful servant. Because she did what she was called to do. Even though there was such a pressure on marriage. It's good to get married. But hey, it's also good to be single. If that's what God calls you. Um, the ultimate goal is not marriage. It's to do his will. Uh, the real focus should be the other wedding that we find in Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 where it says let us be glad and rejoice let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and the bride has uh, and the and his bride has prepared um, uh, has prepared herself it talks about us meeting with Jesus in verse 9 it says an angel said to me write this blessed are those who are invited to, to the to the feast of the lamb and he added uh, these are True words that comes from God. So so in marriage we hear we hear we make this vow till do till death do us part. But when it comes to Christ, there's none of that. So marriage will fade, but not our relationship with God, not our obedience to God or calling to God. It precedes that, it goes beyond that. So it's important that we don't get our priorities off. Our first priority should be serving God and and, and fulfilling the calling on earth because the wedding that is the most important in life is the wedding of the Lamb. And I want to be there, and you want to be there, and you want to hear a good and faithful servant because life flies by. And so what we want to do is not fulfill our own will but fulfill his will. celibacy is a calling from god in verse 8 it says now to the unmarried and to the widow i say it is good for them to stay unmarried as i am but if they cannot control themselves they should marry it's better to marry than to burn with passion what paul is not saying here is that because of your sexual drive get married no he says earlier relax chill Don't if you're not married, don't get married. Do it right. But you know if you can't live single, then get married. And you know if you can live single, stay single. But don't let culture force you into a box. What you want to do is you want to do God's will. Right? I like what it says in First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. Being celibate doesn't mean that you're not complete. So we say this, right? My wife completes me. And, 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 and it's, it's true, but it's not because you're single that you're half of a person. Right? Look what it says in verse 32 of chapter 7. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and... and, and and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibility and how to please his wife. Can someone say amen to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? His interests are divided in the same way a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Can a woman say amen to that, right? Eh? Yeah, for sure. No, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> Verse 35, it says, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Now, you know what Paul was saying is the goal is to serve him and to do what we're called to do. If it's through marriage, be blessed. If it's through singleness, be blessed. But don't let culture shape you, or don't think that you're less if you're not married, all right? And don't rush into a relationship because you want to fit in, because you'll regret that. You want to be led by God. And the the bottom line of chapter 7 is that God speaks, and God wants to lead And the question is, do I want him? Am I going to take the time to listen to him? Am I willing to follow his ways? And we know that his ways are good, right? And so I challenge you this morning to say, God, I want to do your will. You have a plan for me. You have things in store for me. I want to align my life with your will. Amen? I would ask you to stand. Father, I thank you that even when we go astray and and we don't fulfill your plans, you're able to turn the negative and positive. Father, you are aware of all of our lives where we do things without consulting you or forgetting the call that you've placed on our lives. And Father, I pray that we would be open to your leading and we would be open to your voice. And Father, for those that are single among us and they're called to be single, Father, bless them. Empower them to do your will. Thank you for them. Yes, Lord. And for all of us, Lord, we want to be a people that believes <coughs> in its calling. A people that knows that you have prepared good things in store for us to practice. Father, I, want, I don't want to be like a horse or a mule that is pointless or not pointless, but clueless. Of your wills, of your will. I don't want to be like that, Lord. I wanna I, I wanna be driven with purpose. I wanna bloom where you've planted me. I wanna see what you see around me, Lord. Wherever I go with my kids, with my family, with my work, with my community. God, I wanna see what you see, and I want to do what you do. I just pray, Father, for the stirring up of your spirit in our hearts this morning. Stir our hearts, hearts, Lord, in a new way, in a fresh way, to believe and know, to walk in faith that you are not done, but you have things in store for us. Father. If there's any lies that were believed because of past mistakes or because of the, 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 the season where people are, where they believe that you have nothing in store, Father, I pray that that would be broken. Or are people that think that, oh, I've run my race, I'm good now. Father, you got more that you want to do and more that you want to fulfill. I just pray for this to arise in the heart of your people that we would see that you are at work and that you want to be at work through us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.